It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome back to Live Mike. I am Lee Lonsberry. You remember some time ago there was a, a call put out by the governor of uh, New York, Andrew Cuomo, and he made it known that they were experiencing uh, dire times. Uh, there was a time where New York City was uh, really ground zero for this coronavirus here uh, in the United States and uh, arguably the world. I remember here at about 5 o'clock each day, 5 o'clock mountain time, uh, it was about shift change time out in uh, New York City when the the medical workers would uh, clock in and clock out. And I remember here, uh, Jeff Kaplan made the, the wonderful decision to air here uh, the, the honks and the cheers and all of the adoration being heaped upon uh, those workers who uh, in New York City were caring for those uh, so gravely afflicted by this coronavirus. Now, the call that went out by Governor Cuomo was to send help. And when we Utahns, when we hear calls like that, of course, our instinct and our first, our first response is to sprint uh, towards the need. Uh, to lend a hand. And we did that in large numbers. There were a, a number of uh, nurses and medical workers who uh, made their way to New York City. We've spoken to some of them here uh, on, on this program. And well, now, uh, nurses and medical workers from New York are returning the favor. They are here in Utah working in hospitals to treat COVID-19 patients, much like those Utah nurses did at the beginning of the pandemic. And one such uh, nurse who has traveled here from New York, uh, Magda Litwinchuk, joins me on the line now. Magda, thanks so much uh, for your time. How are you? Hi, good afternoon. I'm thrilled to be here. How are you? I'm I'm well, and I am grateful to you. Let me just say on behalf of all Utahns, I'm grateful to you for uh, dropping uh, your duties there in New York and making your way uh, here to Utah. Let me ask you first and foremost, how does Utah compare to New York? Um, Utah is so well prepared. If if, If we're discussing the preparedness for COVID, we are so incredibly impressed with how the system, the Intermountain system, had prepared for their patients and how well-equipped the units are, how well-staffed the units are to take care of the uh, Utahns with COVID. We are very impressed. That's not what we've seen in New York. We didn't have that time. We did not have the luxury to prepare. What can you tell me specifically about the differences? What does Utah have in place that New York was lacking? So I guess we were not – so let me start by uh, recalling my experiences from New York. So first of all, despite all our efforts, we were not ready for that sheer volume of patients coming into the hospital, number one. Number two, we did not realize that these patients are going to be so critically ill. So everything that the system – I work for a Northwell system uh, – could do for us and the patients was done, but it was coming to us at such volumes that we always felt like we couldn't keep up 
And that's the call for help. We really needed some help from outside. And when he said that medical professionals came from Utah, I want to say almost 100 people came to help us. Thank you, guys. What, uh, what, what's your uh, experience like? Uh, what, what's it been like since you, since, you, since you have been here? What kind of work are you doing? So I am a critical care nurse. I work in the surgery trauma transplant unit. I have been a nurse for 15 years. Uh, all our critical care units, and not only, all our units in, in a hospital. I work in a hospital. My hospital is pretty big, a 1,000 beds. Uh, at one point, I feel like almost 85% of our beds were COVID patients. This um, in, in New York, 85%. Difficult. Yes, it was incredibly difficult. We worked long shifts. Uh, we didn't have enough hands on board. Many times we were just relying on each other. I remember going for overtime and helping as, as many times as I could, even if it was just four hours or eight hours. We would just go in and try to do the best we can with a very new enemy, with something that we haven't encountered before. Uh, I remember because of the incredible amount of people that we were losing in a very short time, I know this is going to sound really uh, really sad, but it was the reality. We ran out of body bags. Hmm. And since you've been here in Utah, what type of work are you doing in this battle against the coronavirus here? So this has been a very different experience. And I think that um, what people brought from New York to Utah helped the, the medical professionals and the health system prepare for what, for what may possibly come. So when we came in and we saw how incredibly well the unit the units are prepared for the patients, the protective equipment, everything that we are needing for these patients on those units as far as equipment, medication, safety, everything was already in place. For us, it's such a privilege to take care of these, of these patients right now. We're trying to um, do the best we can. We do have that experience. This is not new to us. We can easily um, work on those units. We are familiar with the situation. We know the signs and symptoms. We knew how these patients present. Um, I'm, I'm happy we can help. I, I'm sorry to take a step backwards, and this is a, a morbid question I have to ask you. You mentioned a moment ago that during uh, the, the war you waged in New York City uh, that you at a time ran out of body bags. What happened at yes. that juncture? How, how did you work around that? So um, usually the, the, the healthcare system, the hospital I work with, is very well equipped with everything that we need, even for those, those patients that uh, are not doing so well. However, at this time, there were so many people dying um, that we ran out of body bags. And I think the state uh, or the city provided us with um, bags that they had in stock in the other morgues, in other places. These were not our regular um, hospital bags. It was really, really very sad. What, what lessons did you learn in New York that Utahns should know? How, how, can, how can folks like me and people listening uh, best safeguard ourselves from your uh, vantage point as a healthcare worker? Mm, maybe the most important thing I need to say to the people of Utah is that uh, COVID is real. Uh, it is very hard to be in a hospital 
for on a regular day. It is incredible difficult to be in the hospital as a patient when you are totally secluded from your family, friends, your lifeline. You only see people in masks, um, and you're in a great situation. This happened to us. We, I always say, we for about eight weeks, we didn't go to work. We went to war for eight weeks, if not longer. This is so sad. But at the same time, we have learned that it's the little things that make the big differences. Please wear your mask, wash your hands, keep your social distancing. This proved to be working. On my last day, on my last shift in New York, which was about two weeks ago, this was my my huge hospital had eight cases of COVID, only eight cases from where we were two months ago. That means it works. This really works. It's so simple, and it saves lives. Magda Litwinchuk, registered nurse with Northwell Health. Uh, I'm so grateful to you for being here in Utah, traveling all the way here uh, from New York, where, where you live and work, uh, returning the favor after all those Utahns uh, traveled to New York City uh, when, as you said, uh, you weren't going to work, you were going to war. Uh, thank you for being here. Thank you for your insight. And thank you for the, the care you offer those uh, who are in need. You're welcome. And we're thrilled to be here. Thank you for your kindness. Thank you for your generosity. Um, and thank you for standing up with us um, and fighting this, this huge pandemic that touches everyone today. We all have a little part to play. I hope I do play mine well. Absolutely. We're going to win this one. Uh, this will be in our rearview mirror at some point. Uh, thanks again uh, to the nurse there. Uh, fascinating insight, and uh, I, I can't uh, imagine the, the life uh, and the stories that will be uh, told uh, years to come when these healthcare workers who have witnessed in a way that you and I uh, may not get to witness the, the ravages of this virus uh, and what it really means, they also, in an academic sense, are participating in medical history medical history. This is a bigger deal than the Spanish flu. This is a bigger deal uh, than many of the uh, pandemics that we can flip through the, the history textbooks uh, and read about. Now, this is, this is medical history. And people like this nurse we just spoke to, Magda Litwinchuk and others, uh, they are right in the midst of it. And uh, I, I, I envy their perspective, uh, but I do not envy uh, the pressure they must feel. Uh, so, uh, important people doing an important job. Time now for me to take a break. When we return, uh, we're going to touch on a fascinating point. There has been, uh, it's been discovered, there has been a dramatic decline in 911 calls and ER visits. Why is that the case? Why has the coronavirus led to this uh, odd reality? We're going to speak with someone with the answers next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio.